This is the Fearless Launching Show. I'm your host, Anne Samoylov. Today, we'll be talking through an important question you might be asking when you are in the midst of a launch, and that is, how do I get more eyes on this launch? How do I get more people to see what I'm offering? Well, it's not a not a straightforward answer all the time. And it's an important, there's an, one important question that you have to start everything off with in order to find out how to improve your launches. So if you want to know what that question is, and you want to just dig in with me as we work through this issue, because it is an issue, then keep listening. The Fearless Launching Show was created to answer the question, how can I launch my big idea to the world in the most simple, straightforward way possible and reach more of the right people? I'm your host, Ann Samoylov, and I've been helping six and seven figure business owners launch for over a decade. And while I love geeking out about improving launches, new launch strategies, what's working, what's not working, I'm also obsessed with exploring the heart, the mind, the challenges of running your own business. And that's what we're going to do each and every week. I want to show you how to launch that course or coaching program or other creative work and navigate the journey of being an online entrepreneur. So if you're ready for some new perspectives, some new stories around launching, well, I can't wait to share those with you. Let's get into today's episode. All right, welcome to this week's episode. So we're talking about, and we're actually going to be kind of thinking about this question, do we need more do I need more eyes on my launch? Do you need more eyes on your launch? So something I'm concerned about right now is this exact question. And I know we're all kind of thinking about it in one way or the other. How do I get more people to see what I'm doing? And how do I get more people to buy from me? Um, so really important here is traffic versus conversions. Um, this is something that honestly never crossed my mind until a few years ago when when I was working with a coach, Caitlin Batcher, I'm going to just call her out because she's amazing. I think she really is really brilliant. And um, she brought this up on a coaching call and I was like eating it up. I was like, oh my God, yeah. Why didn't I just think about it that way? It's not that I had thought about it, but I was like, oh yeah, is it a traffic problem or a conversion problem? And I looked at my data and the question, but the question, is it my traffic or is it my conversions? that's the main problem. That was everyone. Okay. Historically, I mean, everybody had this, had this issue of that's the first question. You have to figure out which one of the problems is it. And if you don't have enough data to give you that answer, it's likely number one traffic, which historically my problem has always been traffic and conversions are easy, easier. I'm not going to say it's not, it's like, Oh, it's a breeze are easier once people get to know me. So simple guidelines to follow that I myself have followed. And I feel like I, like I said in last week's episode, I really do try to cite where people, 
maybe have told me one thing and then another. But over the years, I have been um, guided to get two to 500 people either going to the page or going through the sales device, let's say like a webinar. And if you're struggling to get to that 200 on the page, 200 people visiting a page, it's easy. Your answer is it's a traffic problem. So you want to focus on getting more traffic to that page. Um, now, I will say that I am also a fan of saying, well, I, I don't want to forget about conversion because what if I send all this traffic to the page, but really it was a conversion problem too. So you do want to know how, whatever, if it was 10 people, 20 people, you do want to know how they are converting, right? You want to know how that is working. And so when you're kind of if you've realized, yep, I need more traffic, I want to encourage you to keep an eye on what's happening. Don't just tell, send people to the page. Make sure you can see how many people are actually, so you're sending the right traffic, right? The right traffic, first of all, but then also so that you can see if it's actually working. Because everything, like this whole conversation right now, like, conversion, traffic, whatever. It's all a t it's all a test. It's all theory and and it's kind of like an experiment that you just have to keep, you know, putting different variables in one at a time. So, start with traffic. Most people do have traffic issues, you know, but if you've got let's say 100 people who went to a page and 50% of them um or maybe even more because I had like a I think at the time I think I had like can't remember if it was like 150 people and literally 75% of the people opted in to go to the webinar. So that's what I wanted was first people in the webinar. So I knew I had an initial traffic problem, but I also then had to go through the rest of the funnel to make sure there weren't other places where there were conversion issues. Like uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. So here's the thing. Um, I'm someone who definitely relies on my intuition. I think I shared that with you in the last episode when I was talking about teams and hiring and that kind of thing. And also, you know, gray areas and copyright infringement and that kind of stuff. So I'm definitely a fan of using my intuition. However, I also know the power of data and that really data just spells out what happens. So make, really, you want to bring these two together. You don't want to rely solely on the data. You can rely pretty heavily on it, but you also want to throw in a little bit of your intuition just to make sure it feels good to you. Like, okay, that worked, but it hated it. <laughs> you know, you can't, if you can't bring those two together, then you may have a problem long-term. So make sure you understand the steps and the process people take through your sales system. So you can figure out where the problem is. This is another thing that I feel like I've learned in multiple different ways over the years. Um, but, and intuition is important, but you always have to back it up with that data. So sometimes you're just wrong. You think something is amazing, it's going to work great, but no one's signing up for it. Or until you look at it, make sure people are signing up, understand that first step, Nothing else needs to be changed, right? Until you look at it and you say, okay, great, landing page rocks. That was 70% conversion rate. Oh, 
And then you, then you get to your webinar and, and like 2% of the people who signed up got there. So something happened before that, that maybe you can adjust to get more people onto that webinar and so forth. So really what you're going to start to do is look at every, every part of that process. Like they sign up, they go to a, they go to a thank you page, they get an email, they get a reminder email, they get a rem- another reminder email, then they go to the webinar and then they get an, a replay email and they get a sales sequence. So you get to see what happens throughout the whole process. Now, if you have a conversion problem, it might not be, say, your sales page. And this is why we look at that process. It might not be your sales page or your emails or that subject line. It could be something actually further back um, where there was just some missing communication. So you might want to do this if, let's say, you have a webinar funnel and you're like, wow, no one is showing up at the webinar. And what if you looked back and you're like, oh, my gosh, they don't even get a confirmation email. What happened? So you have to kind of follow the breadcrumbs and find what may have been missed. Um, You have to talk to your audience more and find out and see what, what they react to, what they don't. If you get no reaction... It could be because you need to adjust how you're speaking, when you're speaking, maybe instead of more formal communication, you need to be more, you know, chill or more casual. It could be the channel that you're working on mostly. It could be that you're like, I am committed to Instagram and you do all the things on Instagram when in reality you should have been maybe on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever or Facebook. God forbid. Okay. (laughs) anyway so traffic problems are easier to see and when you're first starting focusing here is important because it could mean there's an overall messaging program but you a problem but you won't know that until you get a certain amount of traffic so that's why even if you're not entirely sure if everything's working yet in terms of like the wording on the page how the offer sounds during your webinar pitch all of that more traffic through the funnel will actually give you that information. So one thing I like to do in addition to just like what happens once they're in the funnel is think about these things. First, list out your organic entry points. How do people find you? What are the different possible ways people are going to find out about you and or your offer? Um, Talk to some of your past customers, find out what they're, maybe even some of your recent past customers and or clients and find out their origin story, how they found you, what they thought, like try to capture that. And that's actually one of the things that I like to do when people first come into a program. It's like, why'd you join us? How'd you find this? You know, um, I, I love finding out that kind of origin story because it really points to these organic entry points and, and different touch points that I needed to do during a launch, say, to get someone's, you know, to pay attention. So again, this, if you can look at the various touch points that you may have used during a launch, like maybe you have Facebook lives, maybe you have emails, maybe you did some stories, maybe you did some reels, Maybe you did some TikToks, who knows? But ask yourself, what are those touch points where people could potentially, and I guess touch points really do mean what are those potential entry points or those 
you know, you've got your entry points. Touch points can be through the process once they're already kind of know that you're there. And then, and then also, um, look at your social proof and try to find ways to share people's story, um, as much as possible or their results or celebrate them in some way. Even if it's not specifically related to you, I actually just love keeping track of fearless launchers because I want to know how they're doing now. And I, you know, I, I try to share what they're doing anytime I catch it. You know, I'm like, oh, wow, Desiree's doing this. Oh, wow. I didn't know Feet was up to this. Wow, this is so cool. Like sometimes people's businesses have completely changed, but the person is still there. And that's why I like to, that's why I like to celebrate them. Now we go deeper on this inside Fearless Launching and even deeper deeper so in the the fearless launching incubator so if you want to dive into your own numbers figure out what's going on make some big changes get some bigger bigger results then i recommend heading to ansamoylove.com forward slash apply to apply for the program or you can just dm me with any questions and you know we can we can chat that way um, and you can just find me at Instagram and you can look at my name and some more love. But what I wanted to say is on our first orientation call that we do, once you join the program is we go through where your business is right now and come up with a plan for you. We take the temperature of like, like what, what it is you've been struggling with. And we like, look at where you want to go and really my goal is to alleviate some stress or kind of figure something out really quickly for you. So you can be like, okay, I know what I'm doing. And I love that. I love being able to do that. So I guess in kind of closing, if you can take, this is your action challenge for today is look at something that you've been sharing lately. Like if you have lead pages, you got it made in the shade because they've got some good you know, you can like easily look at the data and see how many unique visits, how, how well is this page converting? Um, I recommend, I still recommend lead pages just because it's always great to have. Um, I like having different platforms because I'm always like, what if one goes down? We don't want the entire grid to go down. So <laughs> I've always kept lead pages and I want to like recommend you check them out if you haven't already. Um, it can be really great, especially if you're hiring people, just one-off launches or an independent contractor, you don't want to go all up in your Kajabi or Teachable or whatever you've got going on or your WordPress. You can give them the login to, um, you can create a login for them for lead pages and it's pretty darn easy. I've, I've done this before with clients and not clients, but, um, with different projects in the past where it just was so easy to do that. I will put a link to them down below, but I think it's just leadpages.net, right? Um, so check them out. And the challenge for today is look at something you've been doing and look at the traffic to it. If you haven't hit 200 views yet, then you need to start talking about that thing. Be sharing it on all the platforms, do Facebook lives where the call to action is download the thing or go visit this thing or go check this out. And I'm usually talking about a free thing that then 
leads to um, a sales decision or a sales offer of some type. So definitely look at something like a webinar or um, webinars are really good. Or maybe you have like a workshop series or maybe you've had a, maybe you've done a challenge in the past. You can even look at past things and how they, um, how they performed. It actually works really well to do that. And that's another thing we do inside the incubators. We go through everything that you've created. Hopefully you've gotten all of your data and we can help you pull. We tell you what data to pull. And then we walk through a whole post-launch review with you. So eventually you'll do those on your own. But when you're in the incubator, you do them with us. Um, and then we can make an improvement plan for the next time. So this is why having that data is so important. Um, so take a look and I want you to message me and either reply to an email or go over on Instagram and DM me and say, hey, I figured it out. I have a traffic problem or I figured it out. I'm getting tons of traffic, but not so many signups. So I think mine might be a conversion issue. So let's, let's just at least identify that much and then we can go from there. Okay. So have a great rest of your week. Let me give you like the little sneak peek of what's happening next week. Uh, yes, we are going to go through, um, partnerships and collaborations next week. Um, I can't wait to share those with you. Um, you know what? I actually said that last week we talked about content guidelines, but actually last week we talked about practical ways to prepare for kind of platform changes. So you'll have to go a couple more back or one more back from that to actually see the video and why we're not doing video anymore. <laughs> I just misnumbered this, didn't I? So next week we're going to talk about partnerships, collaborations, and what to look for, where to, where to find people, how to collaborate. And I'm not talking about influencer collabs, that kind of thing. We're going to talk about, especially for coaches and people who are creating courses and digital products, um, how to get yourself in front of other people's audiences um, so that you're not just, so that you're always growing. Okay. So stay tuned for that and have a great rest of your week. And I will talk to you soon.